Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Call his wife in. McMonagle here with you. What a day. How's your boy been? Wake up. Let's go. Get that cup of coffee in you. We got to scream about Robert Sala. What a bum. We got to wait for the Julius Randle news. Can we can we find out already what's taking so long? We got to get up. We got to boo Kevin Durant. Wake up, the Yankees passed on Wandy Peralta. Get up! The Mets continue to do nothing. Am I missing anything? What do we got? I think that's it. We open with the Jets, really, because I found that, obviously, the scathing, which was a good word used by uh, Marco, so I'm sticking with it. The scathing report that came out in The Athletic about the Jets. And about Robert Sala. And we learned so much. So many things we didn't know. So many. Like, hmm, where should I start? So many things we didn't know. Like, the head coach didn't believe in the quarterback. Amazing. Had no idea. (laughs) The head coach calling it a miracle if they could win eight games with Zach Wilson. Yet out there at the press conferences... Backing him up, pleading the f- either backing him up or pleading the fifth, but no. Behind the scenes, he was killing the quarterback. What we didn't know, the offensive coordinator struggled with in-game uh, decision-making and in-game strategy and coming up with ways to make Zach Wilson a better quarterback, really. But what we really didn't know is that Robert Sala is a little bit sensitive and was coming up with ways to make and justify his lousy record. And we knew that, too. That was with Joe Beningo. He told Joe Beningo the whole thing of all the, you look at all the different coaches who've been successful in this league, how do they do it when their quarterback goes down? We knew this. But his leadership does take a hit. The scathing report that he was besides himself when the leaks came through and, and Aaron Rodgers showed displeasure in the leaks and went on Pat McAfee and talked about how Things need to change inside the organization. And Sala went into straight job-saving mode and called in all the coaches in the room and said, put your phones on the table, I'm taking them all. Like he's a, a, a middle school principal trying to figure out who's making who's bullying. I know, it's silly. He shouldn't have done that. Robert Sala showed that he's a little bit, in, a little bit insecure, and a little worried for his job. But here's the main thing that came out of it for me. Because we could talk about all the failings of Robert Sala and how this implicates he's a poor leader and, you know, complaining. And and I agree. The idea that he's around complaining and telling everybody who will listen that Zach Wilson's the cause of his demise and he still has pictures of, of Aaron Rodgers running out of the the the, uh, the the hallway, you know, running out onto the field with an American flag on 9-11, gave him goosebumps, and he still has that picture on his phone, and he's telling anybody who'll listen the bad luck he has and how no coach could win under these circumstances, and Zach Wilson sucks. Yeah, 
That's poor leadership. That's things you keep to yourself. That's things you write in your journal. That's things you tell your wife. You don't go around telling everybody inside the organization who will then run to the athletic with it that you're making excuses for the failures inside the organization and the failures inside your tenure and the inability for you and your offensive game plan to come up with something to get some kind of offense going. And, yes, it sounds like excuse-making, and, yes, it sounds like someone who's concerned about keeping his job because he knows he's one year away from having that same spot where Rodgers is running out of the tunnel. That's the word, Chris, tunnel. Running out of the tunnel with an opportunity to win football games for the New York Jets. And so we could talk about whether they should fire him, and it's been the same conversation we've had forever. Here's the thing that I took most out of the article. Here's one of the things we didn't know that we knew that is more to the point and more important and more telling about this Jets team than anything else, than whether or not he was blaming coaches, whether or not he was trying to get to the bottom of leaks and asking for phone records, whether or not Woody Johnson cares about what's said on Twitter, whether or not he's making excuses. Here's the fact of the matter. Robert Sala has been given an awful quarterback situation his entire tenure as head coach of the New York Jets. That's a fact. Robert Sala is a defensive head coach. And Robert Sala was hoping to finally be able to hand the offense over to a coach and a quarterback that have had MVP seasons together and he could relax on that front, let Hackett and Rodgers run that offense. He could focus on the defense and win. And instead, that lasted four plays, and Zach Wilson was right back at it. And that wasn't his fault. He didn't decide to build the roster. He didn't decide to make Zach Wilson the backup quarterback. And obviously now there's some... Well, more to things we didn't know is that Rodgers had a part in that, and he's the uh, he's the real de facto GM and everything else that came out of the article. But here's the main point. Robert Sala yet again was stuck with Zach Wilson, and Robert Sala yet again is telling everybody in the organization, woe is me, I'm stuck with Zach Wilson. It'll be a miracle. A miracle. And that's the quote. It will be a miracle to win eight games with Zach Wilson. And here's my point about Robert Sala. You can call him a miserable coach all you want. You can say he's not a leader of men. You can say he's clueless. You can say the facial expressions on the sidelines. He doesn't hold anybody accountable. And I'm not going to argue with any of that. But here's my point. He's a head coach in the NFL, and he's not allowed to pick his quarterback. Because you can't tell me. You can't tell me that he's going around telling everybody who'll listen that it'll be a miracle to win games with Zach Wilson, and yet that's who he wanted to play. So that's been the little secret that we've all known, but even more crystallized as anything else in this interview or in this article. Anything else that has come to light, anything else that has been shined on and solidified things that we probably knew already, and that's what really most of the article does for me. It solidifies things we already knew what was going on. But for me, what it really crystallizes is we can hate this guy all we want, and we can think he's a lousy head coach, and you might want to fire him and bring in a better head coach. Good luck. Unless it's Vrabel, good luck. Hope he's better. I mean, he can't be worse. Maybe. 
But you show me a head coach who's not allowed to make the most important decision a franchise can have, who plays quarterback. It's number one. It is the, it's the only damn thing that matters. Everything else is secondary if you can't have the first. If you can't have the first, the rest doesn't matter. It's like a, a circuit. If the, if the first light bulb is out, all of them go out. And the first light bulb is who plays quarterback for your team, and he's powerless to make that decision. Powerless. So you can bring in whoever you want. If they're not allowed to make the decision on who the quarterback is, and you can't tell me he's calling, if he thinks eight wins is a miracle, despite what he tells you every single press conference, after every single game, he has no confidence in Zach Wilson. Had no confidence in Zach Wilson. Would have loved to move on from Zach Wilson. Couldn't move on from Zach Wilson. And the season ended Aaron Ro- the second Aaron Rodgers went down. And dysfunction comes from losing. And worrying about your job comes from losing. And all these coaches, you think that there aren't coaches inside the NFL who tell you that they don't think about their job security, it's out of their hands, that they don't focus on their job security? The best path for the New York Jets is still the same path after this article. I'm sorry, it is. There's only one way. You can go back. And you can, you know, decide whether or not it was a smart move to give Aaron Rodgers all this power. And you can make a decision, hey, they should have never brought him in. They should have just got rid of Zach Wilson and and figured out something else. They should have, you know, played one more year with Zach Wilson, drafted a quarterback. They could have done a million different things. They went out and traded for Aaron Rodgers. And then whoever the powers may be, whether it be the owner, Joe Douglas, which I find hard to believe, but whoever decided to give Aaron Rodgers control of the roster, decided to give Aaron Rodgers control of everything. And when you give that control, and it's a way to go, it's a way to go. But when you give that control, when he goes down four plays in, your season is screwed. Your season is screwed. That's what we knew. That's what this article crystallized. When he went down, they had no option to win games legitimately. And once that started to happen the blame game started happening inside the Jets locker room. And if you want to point to that and say that's not how a head coach needs to run his franchise and that shows weakness and that shows lack of leadership, totally agree with you. I'm I'm, I'm on board with that. I think it does show those things. But for me, I also see a head coach that's never been given an opportunity to have a functioning offense because he's had a miserable quarterback. And this team is too far down the line in the Aaron Rodgers rabbit hole that there's no other way but to see it through. And right now, I don't know what coach would want to take this job having the idea that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and, and Nathaniel Hackett. And that's how they have to do it because they need to end a 13-year playoff drought. That's what they need to do. They need to end that. And breaking it down and hiring a new head coach, even if it is a Vrabel, like breaking it down, you know, figuring out what to do at the quarterback position, moving on from Aaron Rodgers and and figuring out how to start anew is not going to do it. They've already gone down this path. You stay the course and run this thing through. There's nothing else to do. And you know what? All the things they talked about with the offense, I'm sorry. It goes away with Aaron Rodgers. All the penalties, all the pre-snap penalties, all the issues inside this offense, the inability to to make in-game decisions and in-game uh, adjustments all goes away with Aaron Rodgers, who sees the field as good as anyone who's ever played the game. 
He'll put his players in the position. He'll help the offensive line. He'll audible out when he sees the defense. Like, this is what he does. And it doesn't guarantee winning, and it doesn't guarantee anything. But it guarantees them a chance of winning. And right now, I don't know what you'd rather do as a Jet fan. So, yeah, you can read this article, and you can talk about the dysfunction inside the organization. It's not that much different than what we've heard from the scathing article that came out from Pat Leonard about the Giants. You know why? You want to know why? Because no one's ever written a scathing article about that winning franchise. No one's ever had that scathing article about the 14-3 and season. No one's ever had the scathing article about that run to the NFC Championship game. Because losing breeds this. Show me a, you know, show me a losing head, show me a great losing head coach, I'll show you a loser. Robert Sala did not handle losing well this year. Robert Sala turned on his guys a little bit. Robert Sala complained and decided to look for reasons why it's not his fault. It's not what you want in a leader. I get it. But the guy has been given no opportunity to have a winning team. Not with the quarterback play and not being forced. He wanted Mike White last year desperately. Goes to Mike White. Mike White gets hurt. He's been stuck to Zach Wilson like a fly to a windshield for years. And it's just like, yeah, that article, it it points out some negative stuff. It makes me concerned about the head coach, but we are too far down the line. I don't see another option. There's no other way but to just give Aaron Rodgers away. You want to give him control? There's nothing else to do. And if you listen to the back end, if you read the back end of the article, I'll tell you that's just as important as anything else in it. The team still loves him. This team still voted a most inspirational player, and the defense that is openly complaining about the offense and talking about the lack of adjustments and how frustrating it is and football shouldn't be this hard and everything else you heard from the defense, you also heard that a 40-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury quicker than any man or person in the history of, of reported medical science is still on the practice squad at the end of the season picking them apart. And they're all just completely flabbergasted and in in complete awe of Aaron Rodgers and his ability. The only thing left to do is to continue on your path and hope it works out. It might have been a bad decision, but you're too far into it to audible now. Let him be the one who audibles with the offense that he's completely immersed in and knows like the back of his hand. I'd rather do that than do what? Trust Woody Johnson to get rid of all the dysfunction? <laughs> okay. Let's do that. Let's look at this article and say, man, oh, man, how dysfunctional the Jets are. You know what? Let's clean house and have Woody Johnson bring in a whole bunch of people. That should fix it. Let's have Woody Johnson make a decision on these new hires and get rid of all this dysfunction. You, you got to win. And there's no way around it. Aaron Rodgers and continuing on this path is your only chance at it next year. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
So you couldn't even tell if that was me or the music. That's how, that's how talented I am. Didn't even know if that was the beat or if that was me. Well, hi, it's me, Chris and Monagle. How are you? How's everybody doing on this Thursday morning? 877-337-6666. That's the number to call in. Chat with me. We could also, you could also hit me up on X or Twitter, at CMAC, WFAN, CMAC, WFAM. Did I say M? WFAN. But yeah, call in 877-337-6666. Mainly, fo- mainly football and basketball as we wait, Randall. And I'm, I, again, I'm getting nervous. Like the longer it goes without news on Randall, the more I'm getting concerned. Because you would think good news would happen quickly. And the idea it's taken forever is making me more and more concerned. And then I guess the question is, do the Knicks take a, you know, make a decision to go and and pivot and make a trade to bolster, you know, now the, the front court after you thought, you know, the back court would probably be, be the the place to go do it with the Brogdon or whatever, but now I'm not so sure. It depends on how long he's out. And that early optimism of weeks, not months, is starting to wane on me. As days go by and no news on Randall. So we'll see how the Knicks pivot. But right now they can't be stopped. They'll play tonight against Indiana. I fully expect them to win the Garden, turn it into a nine-game winning streak, start February the way they ended January, and keep us talking about whether or not they can be a NBA championship contending team. May, may we have that discussion all the way to April. Let's do it. But first, we'll talk to Eric and Ron Conkema. What's up, Eric? Hey, C-Mac. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Eric. Uh, uh, it's a little bit better. But it's, uh, you know, I'm out here doing what I'm doing. So. You're out here doing um, what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, as far as the thing with, uh, with the Jets, I mean, I'm not surprised at all about, you know, what's going on there. But... You know, and I've said in the, in the past that Woody Johnson is a big part of the dysfunction. So, no, I don't want him, you know, making the decisions and everything, you know, to clean everything up. But but I do have to say this. I mean, look, <clears throat> you know, just to keep it with the celebrity theme, I mean, this is not a Nicolas Cage becoming Ghost Rider to, you know, for the sake of love kind of thing to, <laughs> to you know, turn the tails on the devil, which is basically what the, the Jets have done. You know, with the whole Aaron Rodgers scenario here, they sold this all to the devil, right? It's not going to. It's not a fairy tale ending here. They they better. They 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 have to win and and win. The only way they they're going to even, you know, save any face here is what is they have to get the Super Bowl. And we as we've seen, there's no guarantee. You know, with some of the teams we thought were a slam dunk to to make it. You know, that's the only way they're going to do it because once. Rodgers is gone. If, if if they have a bad season this year, let's say, you know, 10, yeah. uh, 10 to 7, 9 and 8. No, yeah. You know, if they don't um, make the playoffs, everyone's fired. Bare minimum. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. I don't know if you have to get to the Super Bowl or not. I mean, you thought that. No, no, no. They do. They do. Because they, this is what they sold us. This is exactly what it was with the Nets and what, what it was with, uh, you know, the couple years with the Mets with Scherzer and Verlander. This is, this is the win now. Well, and it has to it has to go all the way. This is the way they they presented it. I don't think it's going to be that, but it's the way they presented. Well, it I don't know. I, I think it's a little different. Let me get, let me tell you why it's a little different. First of all, the Nets had the th- you you arguably at one time had three of the best fifteen players in the NBA on your team, 
And to not even make it to a conference final is embarrassing. This is not, you know, Aaron Rodgers does not change. He's one of 22 players. They're three of five on the court no, at the same I, time. I understand that, but so, you're also saying that a lot of stuff disappears Yes. Being there. I think, I think a lot of the dysfunction does. does. Yeah, a lot of the dysfunction does. But that still doesn't mean they have to get to a Super Bowl necessarily. Bare minimum, they have to end the playoff trap. Bare minimum, I'll give you that. Uh, and you would like to get to a Super Bowl this year. Uh, and you probably, you know, win the division, play a home playoff game. These are all things that the franchise hasn't done in forever. And, you know, I... Do they have to win? So, what's the difference of getting to the Super Bowl? You mean they have to win a Super Bowl? What's is getting? Why is getting uh, well, to the Super Bowl I'll put, enough? I'll put it this way. I, I mean, again, now I'm 53. I've never even seen them in the Super Bowl. I mean, if they get to that point and they lose, I mean, I won't be happy that they lost. But I mean, to see them even get to the Super Bowl would be epic for me. All right. I mean, right. if anyone older than me who's seen it, you know, then you know I, that's a different story. But I've not even seen them get to the Super. Right. So I mean, to me, that'd be a huge achievement. So, oh. but I mean, but but if they, I still think if they that, ma- if they make the play, if they win the division next year, it's a good year. I, I mean, I, I it's it's tough, well, especially but, but coming from where it's coming. In the first round, you know, still. Well, yeah, I mean, you have you to know, then you have to win the home playoff game, but I, I I understand. But my point is, is that yeah, like everything I said could still be, could be right, and then they could lose to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, it doesn't mean that, that, it doesn't very, mean everything I said is wrong. No, no, well, no, no. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you are. My, right, my, right. My point is just the way the way they presented it to the fans. Okay, when when they put this whole thing together, bringing in all of his guys, is that you know this is the only way we're gonna we're gonna get to the promised land. Okay, and you know I mean look, and, and again it was unfortunate what happened with him getting hurt in the very beginning. So there's no way of knowing how it would have ended up. But a lot of things took place after the fact that they could have done differently. To oh, no doubt. Still keep it, you know. Still even try to make the playoffs, and they didn't do that. If they if they can't, you know, let's say they can't even get to the to the AFC Championship game. I'm, I'm just throwing a scenario out there. Right. And 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 they're gone for whatever reason. They're gone after this coming season. You're looking at a minimum. I'm guessing, unless a miracle happens, a minimum of five years of. Pure terrible football. I'm thinking. I mean, I, you need a quarterback. All the other garbage. You know. That, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I guess I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean that's easy. To, that's easy record, to say. I mean, yeah, but ba- you know, based on based on track record of, the, of 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 the Jets, I suppose that the Texans turned it around in one year. It doesn't mean you're going to be awful. Who knows what could happen? But I, well, I and, mean, and I, I, when I you say they, the well, I, I, I understand. I understand that. I understand that. But that's why I'm saying, like, you prefaced it as. Like I don't think the the Jets came out and said like this guarantees us a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just that you're trying to give yourself a chance at the Super Bowl. You're trying to give yourself a chance at the Super Bowl. If the, you're telling me like first of all, no one's going to get fired. They're going to come back. They're going to roll it back with Rodgers. Say they win 13 games, win the division, and lose in the second round to the to the Chiefs. Lose to the second round to, to Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to call me up and go, you see, I told you it's a failure. Like, I, I don't know. We'll see. How you, I mean, it'll be disappointing. It'll be disappointing. And they'll probably run it back at that point. And I, and I guarantee you, you won't hear stories about the dysfunction inside the organization. And you won't hear stories about Robert Sala focusing on his job. And you won't hear stories like you've heard this year. 
coming out of both camps. Let's be honest, Giants and Jets, we've heard dysfunction inside the Jets. It's toxic. Don't come here. Like We're hearing the same stuff because that's what happens with losing franchises. Coach is impossible to deal with. Coach only cares about his job. Don't come here. It's toxic. Something needs to change. Can't be like this next year. These are all the same thing you hear from teams that lose. And we just happen to have two real doozies on our hands with franchises that have just been awful forever. But for me, like the first thing, this is now going to, it's going to kind of be year one with Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. For me, they they bare minimum, they have to stop this 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 drought of postseason football. Th- then you'll see where they go from there. But I, and, and then even if you move on from Rodgers, it doesn't guarantee you failure for forever. Like, we'll see. I would think everyone gets cleaned house. And, and But, like, you make it sound like if you didn't get Rodgers, you had a better path to victory in the next five years. How did, how did you do that? Like, what, what gave you a better path than bringing Aaron Rodgers here? If it blows up, it blows up. Where were you going without him? You had were you were you gonna get Carr instead? How 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 did he do in New Orleans? Imagine being attached to that contract and that guy who stinks. At least there's some faith that Aaron Rodgers could be damn good. Carr sucks. Where were you going? Hopefully this year losing more, you know, worse and getting a top pick for a quarterback. Like, what What did you, like, the idea that, oh, man, imagine if this Rodgers thing blows up, and then where are we? Where are where were you if you didn't take a chance on Rodgers? Where were you? You were with Zach Wilson. Where were you? I have no problem taking the chance on Rodgers. I don't. And he's talking about playing maybe multiple years. You roll with it. You see what happens. But the idea, oh, they're doomed. For, if this fails, it's doomed for the next 20 years. They might be doomed for the next 20 years anyway. They're the Jets. And the owner has shown no ability to get out of this dysfunction or hire the right people. That's why I don't want to take the chance. Like, all right, yeah, Vrabel right now is out there. There are head coaches out there, Vrabel and certainly Belichick. But Belichick would never come here. But you could hire Vrabel and feel good about the head coach. But now you're bringing in a head coach. He's not connected to the GM whatsoever. You're going to make him play Rodgers and... and and keep hacking, right? You got to do that. Otherwise, where are you? You're gonna be, you're gonna just dump everything out. Get rid of Rogers. Get rid of Douglas. Just start a brand new regime with Vrabel and another GM. You want to talk about the next five years with the tenth overall pick? You're not getting a quarterback. You can go pay for Kirk Cousins. There's no better option. There's no better option. It's not a great option, a 40-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury in a dysfunctional organization where uh, led by a, a, an owner who's too involved in Twitter and a head coach who's too involved in his own uh, job and a GM who has, had the, who has been neutered by that same quarterback and a head coach who isn't allowed to pick his quarterback. I mean, it's a doozy. But the only way to set it straight is to continue with the plan and hopefully it works out better. That I don't see another way out. I don't see another way out. You got to at least see if it can work. You have to give it a chance. It, it it was given four plays this year. You have to see it through. Danny in Belford, what's up, Danny? Hey, Mac. How are you? I'm doing great, Danny. 
You're in you're, you're in good voice. How are you? Good. I'm on my way to work. It's been good. a long God time bless. since I spoke to you. Well, um, we're back. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell trivia. As far as uh, Rogers, <laughs> I agree with you. You can't let him go. The problem with Sala, in my opinion, is he doesn't keep the the team. Like, there's no discipline on the team. The penalties, yeah. but that's his issue. You can't say anything about Rogers. He's an unknown with a proven record, so you're right. Day no, one. I mean, I I understand, but I mean, we just. I don't know. We just we just saw a, we just saw a championship game with the the Baltimore Ravens, and they had eight penalties, and they were all disastrous. Like you know, yeah. I'm not saying that Salah doesn't hold people accountable enough. He probably doesn't, but at the same time, so many of these, so many of the penalties are pre-snap offensive penalties. That at least this year it was, and I and I firmly believe Rogers helps with that. I firmly believe he helps with that. I agree. Plus, when you're winning, everything looks great. That's it. So- that's it. The reason this is all coming out, the reason why it's dysfunctional, the same reason the Giants are having dysfunction too and they're looking for a new defensive coordinator and the coach yells too much and it's this and that and you've got people inside the building telling other coaches, don't come here. You've got, a, you got a, a, a defensive back coach who just took a, uh, a job with the Ravens who was interviewing for the Giants and the perception is nobody wants to come be a Giants coach. Like All that is because they're losing. That's it. Exactly. That's it. All right, Kurt Russell trivia. Kurt Russell trivia, please. Shoot. Okay. Good. What do you got? The most successful movie that Kurt Russell was part of. Um, I'm going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope. And again, I, it was in an interview. Um, the most successful, like money-making? The most success, he said successful. I'm pretty sure it's overall money making. I have to check, but overall acclaim as well. Um, um, it's certainly not Tango and Cash. No, it's impossible to get, but I'll just give it to you. Please, then, please do. But I would say Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of money, but go ahead. Yes. He played the voice of Elvis in, in Forrest Park. Gump. Yes, I did know that. Yes. yes. Oh, you did? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I know. I, I did know that. I, I, I'm assuming that, yeah, maybe Forrest Gump, certainly a claim. Uh, maybe Forrest Gump probably over this uh, made more money. I'd have to check. I forgot that he was the voice of Elvis. Okay, he played Elvis pr- prior. Uh, Eddie and Rockland, what's up, Eddie? Hey, what's going on, Mac? What's going on, bud? How are we this morning? What do you got for me? Oh, we'll just talk a little Super Bowl, but you got on your movie. Do you ever watch uh, Munich? I have seen Munich. Yes, it was good. Yeah, okay. about the '72 Olympics, right? What year is it? '72. Yeah, '72 yeah. Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now was... let me ask you a question: When the when the you're a big Lord of the Rings guy? Right? I am a I big like I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. The books and the well, movies. Yes. How old were you when they first came? I read the first Hobbit book, but that was it. Um, I how old was I? I came out December of '01, so I had just I was just turning. Uh, 18, I guess. I was just out of high school. I graduated oh. um, class of 01, so that, that December I was my first year of um, college. So are you, are you Sam? Are you What character are you? You're Sam, right? <sighs> no, I, I, don't know if, you I don't played, know if I'm with Sam. With your friends, you played Sam, didn't you? Yeah, I know what you're getting at, Eddie, and I don't appreciate it. No, I didn't play Sam. And there's nothing wrong with Samwise Gamgee. 
And anybody who has a crossword about him will have to speak to me. You got a problem with Samwise? Samwise had more guts than you ever will, Eddie. Tell you that right now. You think you'd walk into Mordor with no shoes on your feet? Nothing more than a than a cloth that can hide you? That's it. Eat nothing but 11 bread from the elves for weeks at a time? You think... Yeah, you think you got that kind of guts, Eddie? Huh? You think you take on a, uh, uh, you think you pick up a sword and pick and take on an eight foot size spider? I don't think so, Eddie. I don't think so. You think you'd walk into a river knowing you can't swim? You better stop, man. You'll be disrespecting Samwise Gamgee. That's that's the last thing. You're lucky I let you back on the show. You start disrespecting Samwise. Guy's got a heart of a lion. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, 448. Nick Monagle here with you. Is Robert Sala poison? That's been the topic of discussion here a lot of the day. Sure, it will be still more to come. 877-337-6666. But I think the cure, besides more cowbell, is Aaron Rodgers. I still think that. And you and they talk about it in the in the scathing article of what might have been. And what still can be good again. I still believe, as crazy as I am, in the power of Aaron Rodgers. I do. I think that the winning football he can provide and the the uh, the, the what him and Hackett can do compared to what Hackett and the other quarterbacks he was given can do is a world of difference. So we'll see. I don't think you should move on from the head coach. I think he's got one more chance. I think you, you see this through completion. As disastrous as it's been, and I do agree, he's showing you real... There are things in this article that make me question his leadership. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But there's nothing you can do but ride it out. That's all you can do is ride this bad boy out. But that's the end of the... That hopefully, this is the end of the Jets. And no more, no more sagas of scathing interviews until we pick them back up for uh, training camp. Hopefully no more. Giants as well as we're waiting for uh, D.C. uh, for the Giants. But this will be the first weekend without football. We got the Super Bowl coming up next week in Vegas. Right now, Kansas City uh, is a point and a half underdog. I don't know if it's going to hit the game that way, but right now it is. And I think right now it's it's crazy to bet against Mahomes again. But we'll get to the game this week. It is Yankee hot stove. And as the Mets do absolutely nothing, the Yankees follow suit. And one of the stories that came out today, one of the bigger things for the Yankees, a relief pitcher who's been excellent for them in Wandy Peralta decides to go to San Diego for a four-year contract. And I said it earlier, the thing about um, Wandy Peralta and the, the Yankees is he's a perfect example. Like He answers his own question about why they let him go. Why'd you let Wandy Peralta go? Because they're really good at finding Wandy Peralta. 
Like, for as much as we might all, you guys might all hate Brian Cashman. I was going to say we. I don't hate Brian Cashman. I've been underwhelmed by this offseason a little bit, but I don't hate Brian Cashman. The one thing they've been able to do under Brian Cashman the last handful of years when they haven't been winning championships or even getting back to the World Series is building bullpens. It's been the one thing they're really good at. So when you look at Wandy Peralta for Mike Talkman a few years ago, one hell of a trade. And as you look at their ability to call up arms from you know, inside the organization and, and reload and stock a bullpen year in and year out having one of the better bullpens in baseball, I mean, that's, it's what they do better than anything else. Wandy Peralta getting four years. You want to give a reliever of his age, his workload, a four-year contract? I thought that was a bit much. But they got to do something. And I guess the idea right now, you know, Bob Clappish is out there talking about it, that they're going to look to attack this starting rotation, which they should have. Before they signed Stroman, they should have worked on a contract with Snell. That's what I would have done. But they pivoted to Stroman after Snell won a $270 million that he is going to get from precisely no one. No one's going to come near giving him the contract he's asking for. And as we still wait for Montgomery, and I have no idea why the Mets aren't in that, the Yankees are done with free agent starting pitching. They are done with adding to that group. And it sounds like maybe a, a an average mid-level wide uh Mid-level bullpen arm is about all they have left, and they are going to attack the trade deadline and look for a starting pitcher, and Burns is the guy they're targeting. Which, listen, I love Burns. I think that that was my number one target for starting pitching all year long because I love the idea of being all in for this one year and then figuring it out after that and having as much money as possible to go re-sign Juan Soto next year. That's what you got to be looking to do. But the idea that they're just going to you know forego adding to this bullpen and and relying so much, relying just so much on Nesta Cortez coming back and being healthy, on Clark Schmidt making that next jump from where he was last year, serviceable uh, young starter into being an impactful young starter, and then obviously relying so much on Carlos Rodon coming back and being the same pitcher he was two years ago that they are going to go into the season with that rotation and pretty much a bunch of question marks and a solid Strowman for the middle of the rotation, someone you feel is going to give you what he always gives you. He's, he's had a track record, and he's stuck to it now for you know almost a decade, pretty much. And obviously the ace at the top of the staff, but the idea that you can go into a season relying on bolstering your team at the deadline is, a fa- is faulty thinking now in Major League Baseball. And I'm and I'm worried the Mets have fallen into this trap that hey, well, you know, this is the Will Ponds game. The Will Ponds game is ah, we'll do the minimal. We'll see how the team goes. If it gets hot, then we'll add at the trade deadline. The problem with the trade deadline is is this new playoff format and the added playoff team. You are going to see more teams than ever. We saw it last year. The Yankees went into the offseason without a left fielder, figuring they'll fix it at the deadline. And what happened? Brian Reynolds signed a contract with the the Pittsburgh Pirates long-term, and the Cubs got hot two and a half weeks prior to the deadline and took Bellinger off the market because more teams are going to be in on it than ever. And the more teams they're in on it, the more teams less likely to be looking to sell off pieces and the more teams likely to be in on it looking for pieces. So you'll have more shoppers at the – you're going to have more shoppers at the supermarket with less groceries than ever. And that doesn't – that's not a – a primetime market to go and try and find dinner. I mean, plain and simple. I can't put it in a better shopping analogy than that. 
There's more people fighting for the last stake, and there's less stakes there. So I'm not. I don't want to go into August hungry. How many can I come up with? How long? How many? How many shopping analogies can I make? How many do you need to get the point? I don't like the idea of heading into the more. I don't like the idea of heading into the trade deadline relying on it. Go trade from now. Go offer something special. Go f- go make Milwaukee realize that their best option is to make the New York Yankees the best team they can be. Go convince them. Because the other thing too is, as I've said before, the Baltimore Orioles are now a different thing. We mentioned it yesterday. They're gonna. They're uh, the Angelos family is selling for one point seven two five billion dollars. And it seems like they're selling to a group of wealthy, independent billionaires who might be looking this year to make a point. And if you want to get into a bidding war with a young team that now has money, like they have a better farm system than almost any team in baseball. And they're filled with young talent. So if they're willing to pay young talent, that means they can afford to give up young talent. Prior to the sale, you figured they're not going to be able to pay these young kids that are now making their way through this roster. So... They probably don't want to trade away their farm system because they're going to be in a constant situation of needing to develop and then replace and develop and replace. But now if they can develop, pay, sustain, they can afford to do what the Yankees can afford to do and trade away prospects. And if you get into a a situation where Baltimore, who clearly will be looking for starting pitching, good luck beating them out, putting together a package for Burns or Bieber or whomever else may become available at the trade deadline. Some name that we're not thinking of. That some that some top of the rotation pitcher that isn't even on our, you know, thought process right now who may become available. I don't know, but I don't like the idea. the The Yankees and Mets as we get ready for the end of football season and we get ready for. I know the Knicks are obviously a huge story and the Rangers are in first place too. But I, as I always say, every year the second that final whistle blows and the confetti drops, it's baseball season. The idea that both of these teams are heading into an, heading into their season, coming off an offseason, and the plan doesn't make sense to me. Planning to upgrade the rotation you need to upgrade at the deadline for the Yankees doesn't make sense to me. And the Mets treating this year like it doesn't freaking matter and not adding a bat they desperately need and doing nothing but high risk, excuse me, low risk, high reward, you know, starting pitching uh, options and and not really giving yourself any legit answers to either bolster the lineup or bolster the rotation. Like, I don't get it. I don't get what either of these teams do. The Yankees traded for Juan Soto and didn't follow up with what they needed to follow up to justify maybe going at this thing with one year of Juan Soto. They didn't do enough. And I don't get it. And the Mets have the richest owner in baseball and are trying to execute a plan of bringing in young talent and building for the future. That's fine. Signing a Justin Turner, bringing in a Solaire, or even getting a starting pitcher who could be as effective as Montgomery can for the next five years, why is this timeline hindering any ability to make 24 a reasonable year? I just I don't understand what either of these two teams have done. Now, the Yankees added Juan Soto, so you feel better about it, but ultimately the plan fell short, and the Mets never got off the starting block, and I don't get it. And we'll get more into it as we move through the offseason here now that football is a week away from ending. But as many free agents are still out there, go do it. Go do more. Go do more. Certainly Mets. Go do more. That's it for me. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Fliegelman. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. 
Tomorrow we'll have a five-hour midnight ride on the first football this Friday of the year. We'll get you ready for the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little bit more about football, but we'll continue to talk about the Knicks as they will have a game against Indiana tonight. Let's go, Knicks. And we'll have some fun. Maybe I'll give you another favorite actor. We'll play a little favorite actor game on a Friday. Favorite actor Friday. It's got a ring to it. It's got a ring to it. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll catch you tomorrow at midnight. Warm-up show with Chris Presti and Al Dukes, obviously, is next. I'll catch you tomorrow. Sports Radio 101.